What's happening, everybody? This is Adi Angosta here, Gate 7 International. We are excited to be here, European Knights, off the back of a victory, a victory that we're going to discuss very shortly. But before we get moving, Costa, how are you feeling tonight? I know it's late for you, but how are you feeling? Good, man. Um, important win today. It's It's been a while since we've come on the show and kind of been happy. Yeah, Twice uh, in a row. Two times in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Le like legitimately kind of with a smile on the face and not because yeah. we're trying to be uh, sarcastic or, you know, hiding, hiding disappointment. So I know it's nice to win today and uh, it's nice to see fans back in the stadium tonight. Absolutely. It really is. And two, two wins in a row. The, the Ofi victory, the I should say the stomping of Ofi, and then now tonight, it finally feels good to be an Olympiacos fan for the first time in a very long time. Before we get moving, everybody, for those of you that are checking in, uh, a lot of you already checking in. We love to see it. If this is your first time checking in, tell us where you're checking in from. We love to see where everybody's calling in from, everybody where you guys are tuning in. Like and subscribe. Help us continue to grow the red and white community. It has been growing continuously every day new people finding the channel new people joining us on socials so every engagement helps reach more and more people whether it's greek americans abroad greek europeans greek australians you name it or even non-greeks that just love olibiakos and trust me there's a lot of them so help us find more and more red and white fans across the community. We can make us the best space for the red and white. And then lastly, we want to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Thank you guys so much for helping to continue to make this a better experience, for giving us the opportunity to do even more with it. And you can join as well. For a dollar a month, you can join the WhatsApp chat, which is gets into some weird conversations, but it's fun. And it's a definitely a different experience. I promise you that. And then you can also get extra content, uh, deep dives, early access to deep dives, extra analysis. We actually will be doing an enhanced analysis on the match today. So very exciting. And we do interviews with individuals. Many of the times are outside of the realm of Olympiacos. The most recent one with Doran Leidner's agent. That was a really fun interview. And we have some fun interviews scheduled, fun ones coming up. So check that out. And you can support us on Patreon. Now let's get to it. Let's get talking to about, I should say, the big win today. one nothing, Olympiacos versus Ferencvaros. Is that how you say it? Ferencvaros? No? Ferencvaros, yeah. Ferencvaros, okay. I, uh, my uh, sloppy slacking on my Hungarian apologies. But uh, the win, we, we said this on socials already. We said it in the Patreon chat. The win is all that matters. It wasn't pretty, especially in the beginning. Really wasn't pretty. But we got the win. Our European journey continues. We have a goal to go into Hungary with. It's not over, but look, it's a good start. Two wins now. Very, very nice momentum. Unfortunately, our match against Balk was not postponed. As you guys might have seen, we, uh, we shared that information on social media earlier. But we're going into that with two wins. They have a loss in the cup. Let's hope that that is something that can spur us. Gosa, how are you feeling today? Good, man. First, like I want to give a big shout out to just people tuning in from all over the place. Uh, England, we've seen Edinburgh, Scotland, Zurich, Switzerland, the exotic Piraeus in Greece, of course, um, Rotherham, UK, Sweden, Poland, 
keep it coming. Like this is Gate Seven International bringing together Olympiacos fans from all over the world, baby. And that's that's absolutely fantastic to see. Oh, here's another one, uh, Dimitris Gay from Manchester. Keep it coming. Um, this is fantastic to see. Before we want to get into it, Ari, I want to address this comment from Christos, who's um, who's saying, Calispera um, what is this bullshit with the ticket Budapest? Yeah. So um, typically for away games, um, if you if you're signed up to your your local Gate Seven fan club, or if you're in a if you're in a city that has a local Gate Seven fan club, you could you could pretty easily get tickets to away games. And uh, now what they've done, at least uh, there's been an Olympiacos announcement today where they say there's going to be a first round of ticket sales, but they won't actually be tickets. There'll be vouchers right. that you uh, that you pay for. And then you get your ticket in in Hungary um, at a at a meeting spot, but the vouchers slash tickets that are on sale as of tomorrow until Saturday are for um, season ticket holders only. Once that period is is done, if there are tickets left over, that I assume they're going to open it up to general public, and probably again it's going to be via internet on Olibiagos's site. So that's what hap- what has happened with the tickets if you're interested in going to the game in Hungary. The reason for all these changes um, most likely has to do with the with the changes in the sports law um, following the uh, outbreaks of violence that have you know consequently led to the shutdown of Greek stadiums and fans not being able to to go to games. So um, to be expected, I, I suppose we still don't have one hundred percent clarity, uh, but that's that's what we know for now. So if you're not a season ticket holder and you're hoping to go to Budapest, um, keep your eyes and ears open over the weekend for another announcement from the club. You probably, I mean, I don't know what the rules are in Hungary if they have a similar system with getting tickets as it is here, where you have to buy like a fan card or before you can get a ticket but you might be better off just buying a ticket on Ticketmaster in Hungary. You'll be, of course, with away fans, or not with away fans, you'll be with home fans. But remember, before the issues that happened at the volleyball game, the 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 ruling government had issued the rule that technically the fan clubs were illegal now. Um, so technically, they put the kibosh on that, and maybe this is all part of the enforcement. Maybe it's no longer because of that the club can't officially give tickets through those channels. So it could be that this is just delayed in the enforcement of what has already happened, but this is unfortunately the situation. There's no fan club that can give you tickets anymore. So this is, for now, how it's going to be. As we get more information, of course, we will continue to share that with you and keep you guys updated. Anything else on that front, Costa? No, no, no. Just because uh, there was that specific comment, and uh, I think it's a question a lot of fans are asking. We can we can get into the game. Of course, no, we have gotten a lot of questions about that. So uh, thank you for uh, for covering that. Now uh, back to the match. Uh, as I was saying before, very very cagey for us in the beginning. Starting lineup that was my goodness, uh, very interesting. So, uh, but. We got better as the game wore on. The for again, second game in a row where the substitutions were actually pretty good. 
And we're not sitting here like, oh, my God, we destroyed what momentum we had or what was this, what was that. You almost forgot because of what we've witnessed in the last two months that there, there's actually substitutions you can make that make sense and it makes the game better. Now, the start, we didn't start off so well, but at least the game ended better in that respect. Uh, the comment from Concept Gaucho that was just thrown up here, can you put some of the Patreon money towards Carmo's $18 million buyout? If we could make a dent in it, trust me, buddy. <laughs> we, we, need more, we need more of you to sign up. We need Exactly. <laughs> more of you sign up, we can make a bigger dent. But not just Carmo. I also thought Andres Doy had a pretty good game today. I only counted one time that he overcommitted today. One time. I thought he was pretty good overall. And even Lombro had nice things to say about him. So that, that tells you a lot with his performance today. I, I, I do want to talk about you know the, the defensive partnership. At least I have that in my notes because I think it is an important topic. Um, yes. Clean, okay. clean sheet tonight, by the way. Two in a um, row. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think if, if I start with a more general comment about the game, I think it, it, it's kind of cliche, but it really was a game of two halves. I think mm -hmm. the first half for me was um, was a bit anarchic yeah, on, on the pitch. I didn't really know what was go what was happening. Um, you know, El Carbi was pressing up top, but he, his press wasn't being followed by the midfielders who were sitting further back. So El Carbi was kind of pointlessly pressing. Um, I thought the midfield was was nowhere in the first half. I'm. I, I'm not here to give stick to Carvalho. Carvalho is good at what he's good at, and that's not a lot, in my opinion. Um, saying that, I didn't think he had a like a terrible game, but I would have liked to see. Um, I would have liked to see Chiquinho, and I know there are a lot of people saying that uh, the manager is uh, saving him for the weekend. They actually asked him about it in the press conference, and they said, you know, I did where you. Did you have a mind on this weekend's game when you were preparing your starting eleven? And at least in his answer, he said, you know, every game you set up to put out the best team that you can to win the game. And you don't think about the next game. You only think about the game that you're playing now, here. Um, so, of course, you could say he's, you know, that's that's a standard response. But but still, like, I, I have some, some questions about that midfield. Like, yeah. Andre Orta all of a sudden has kind of dropped off the face of the planet. He 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 came on as a as a substitute in the second half. Um, the player that was playing Champions League with the uh, with Braga, and just yeah, the the Carvalho inclusion was was a surprise to say the least. And then this whole uh, idea of playing Alexandropoulos as a ten, I. I really find it quite pointless. I think the lad's got tremendous uh, physical tr attributes when it comes to you know, pace, stamina, aggression. I can't fault him on any of that. I just think some, sometimes he's a player that, that, what's the best way to say? he His feet or his legs move faster than his brain. Exactly sometimes and he you know he gets caught into trouble when he when he dribbles too much or it's just not his natural position and it, you know the first half i was actually quite frustrated because i i thought back to the offy game and okay i'm not meaning to compare offy and ferenc varos but at least against offy 
we played the players in their best positions. And I felt like we I felt like we set ourselves up poorly in the first half. But like you said, in the second half, gradually throughout the game, Mendy Liba started to intervene, started to make substitutions. And it feels like the first the first real game this season where every sub that came on had a positive impact. Yeah. And you look at the like the players that we have on our bench, if you put them in the Ferenc Varas team, some of them, like most of them would start yeah. like, our bench players. So um, like I said, game of two halves. I, I hope he, he figures it out um, move, moving forward, like in terms of the midfield and getting the right balance. It's, it's of course very early on, like he's coached the team all of, you know, he's been there since Monday essentially i think he did the first training session so you can't expect miracles no but but definitely you like again on a general level you keep the um, the one nil the clean sheet the fact that the subs uh, all contributed and uh and just the um, like them stepping up somewhat in the second half so so yeah that, those are my my general thoughts comments on today's game and going kind of more into what you were talking about, Costa, the the midfield trio of which I did not enjoy at all when we saw it, it gave me some flashbacks of what we saw from Pedro Martins in the third and fourth season where he would like to do this three midfielder approach where Madi was the one going really far forward, but but he, he had a box-to-box role. Like he would come very deep. He was given time to go forward. And, and – and Alexandropoulos, in a way, was afforded the same. He was really pressing forward, running around, and then maybe not coming as deep as he was supposed to. He's not great positionally. He almost is never where he's supposed to be. He just kind of goes where he wants to, where he runs. And if we're talking about a player like Madi, given the freedom in that kind of role versus a player like Alexandropoulos, well, Madi's got a little bit more of a football IQ. And he's, I, w- I trust him more, even that I don't like him in those advanced roles either. So, but again, it, 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 in a way, I didn't foresee it, but it makes sense. I told you guys when we did the when we did the analysis of Men- Mendy Libar's tactics, he wants somebody that hustles in the number ten. I said from the beginning, I didn't think Costas Fortunis was going to play in the ten because that's that guy has to run a lot, and we never really saw that today. That that made sense to me. And in a way, it's the Alexandropoulos thing isn't really that much of a surprise. He hustles. We know that. Uh, Diego Martinez said the same thing about him, him and Masuras. So the fact that we saw somebody that does run all the time and have that effort, it does kind of make sense in a way that he used him there. But you saw when the changes first got made, when Podence came on and the Andre Horta sub was made, Alexandropoulos came off and, um, um, and Masuras came off. Podence's first touch on the ball was that drive, and then El Kabi misses the beautiful ball that he curls in front of the defender. I mean, when was the last time in the last two months we saw a sub have that kind of impact ever? It didn't happen. It didn't happen at all. So, uh, at least not under Carvajal. So, very nice substitution. Then you saw when Andre Horta came in too, there were we, we were eating a lot less in transition. Uh, maybe not a lot less, but 
it was a handful of opportunities versus as much as what was coming across the midfield. Then when the sub for Carvalho came, it was basically one-way traffic. And I don't – I got into some disagreements with people about Carvalho because me personally, there were some people that thought he did great in his role today, and I, I disagree entirely. I think he was average at best. Off the top of my head, I can only remember one, like, duel, we'll call it, that he won. Otherwise, he got dribbled by every time. Uh, maybe one interception I can remember. Maybe maybe two if I'm if I'm really giving him credit for something. But aside from short passes to get the ball at the back and one good ball, I remember, he didn't do much. That's not to say he was the worst player on the pitch for me, but average. My What I didn't understand was why was Heze in a floating role when he's normally positioned in front of the, the defensive line? Why was he floating and why was Carvalho sitting in front of the defense? Because that seemed pretty, that seemed pretty um, apparent to me and that seemed pretty um, uh, planned out. And it should have been the opposite, if anything, because Heze's not, you don't give him a free role. He doesn't have any creative ability like that. Hazez's best best performances for us are when he's right behind or right in front of the defensive line. And then look again today when he had some key takeaways is when he was the one sitting behind after Carvalho got forward. I don't understand that, and hopefully that changes because Hazez not Hazez was not he was awful in the first half for me. I mean he was losing plenty of duels. He was getting caught open. The only couple situations of Heze that I thought were really good in the first half are when he was behind Carvalho, sitting right in the defensive the defensive area, and he stopped two fast breaks like that. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, also it, it does have to do with the fact that maybe he because as Rodine got super far forward, he was on that right side too, so he was watching the right side of it. So maybe that has something to do with it, but. Heze was all over the place. And that's not that's not exactly the role I prefer him to be in. But anyway, it, it, it's just that's just how I saw it. I don't think that was by design. To me, to me, like I said, I thought the first half was quite anarchic. Right. Um and the midfield in general just did, like not coordinated. Um, the manager emphasized in his in his press conference yesterday, like what do what do we need to get a result tomorrow? And in general, he said we need to be more aggressive. And they asked him today, did you see the aggression that you wanted? And he says, and Marina didn't translate this, but he said a little, not a lot. Yeah. Uh, his first words. Um, so that that would that I found was an interesting comment. G generally, I have to say, um, I really <laughs> my first impression of the manager is is positive. Um, he's quite just cash in his responses. He doesn't, you know, I think he's very comfortable and confident in what he communicates. Um, isn't really saying the, th the things that people want to hear. But what he what he believes, I think that's important for the players. So that that's just a comment. Having listened to his um, his press conference, he said he said, "What do we have to do?" Uh, answering on, answering to a question about what do we have to do better in the next game, he said, "We have to start the game better in the first half." Uh, seems obvious, but but again, just like it goes back to what we've been hearing about him, which is that he's 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 quite simple. Uh, he, he he likes to keep it simple, and you. 
you feel that in in how he in general like how he communicates you see him like in the press conference he was like this like on the seat kind of answering the press course questions yeah. and everything about him is just kind of different and you you feel you feel some confidence there and i think that's super important for the players and and hopefully hopefully this leads to a string a string of results i know balk's going to be a tough game um away in duba fans back in the stadium there uh, they'll be up for it but yeah i have a good feeling about the manager uh, but back to the midfield i think i think even yeah most people in the comments are agreeing like um i don't i i hope that we don't see that kind of formation again um i don't know what you thought of orta when when he came on uh, i saw some some comments praising him in in the chat um there were there were def i felt like there were more positive contributions for him while he was on the pitch yes. than uh, than carvalho yes he he played you know played some balls between the lines he got a shot on target um even if it if it was speculative i i'm sorry just i i can't really <laughs> i can't really understand how carvalho is is starting in this kind of game and and hang on he finished the game didn't he he played full 90 he didn't come off he didn't come off today he was the one yeah, midfielder that didn't right. come off yeah, um, you're right. You're right. He was the only midfielder that didn't cough. You're right. 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 Uh, this is a good comment from from Gus as well. Um, positively surprised that we didn't have the typical European last ten minute blood pressure rising, nail biting. Oh, we were actually better huge. in the last fifteen minutes, and I think that's also down to the manager as well because you know I think let's 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 call it as it is. I think the changes per dense and and Jovetic really changed the game in the second half uh Pedence came on and he was run like you said the first action he had on the ball was to attack down the right wing take the defenders one-on-one -on -one and play that ball into El Kabi. and in general just every time Pedence got the ball I think it felt like what I should be expecting from him like getting the ball turning uh some nice touches just he felt felt like the confidence was back and he was he was attacking he was attacking them we haven't seen that from him for a, feels like what feels like a long time so that's that was great to see when he came on and and Jovetic I thought finally is this a manager that can get something out of him because oh, Jovetic came in for Carvalho by the way that was, that was okay great. thank you um Towards the end of the match, of course, but doesn't. Yeah. But but still, like when he came on, you felt like he he gave something to the team, and I feel like there hasn't been a single manager so far that's actually got something out of him. No. And and maybe maybe Mendy Libar manages to do that. I think that's super important because uh, he, he you know okay, Jovetic is Jovetic. We all know he's a quality player. Uh, great technical ability. You see the one-touch passes, just like the experience. We've got to find a way to utilize that while he's here. Um, well, how was he used? How was he used today? And that answers your question. El Kabi was still on the pitch, right? Yeah. And he was playing off of him. He was playing behind him. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people are saying that um, that it was it looked like a four four two. The manager again in his press conference kind of addressed that and says it's not really a four four two. Like I, it was not a four four two. Yeah, you so put him in there to kind of be a not quite a ten, but just the player that plays in the hole behind in the four two three one. And you saw him right. do that, like help link up play, and then for the goal, you know, he's he's in the box. And there are two defenders on him. And then El Carby's on the back post. He's got more space because all of a sudden there are more players in the box. In the first half, every time we tried to get into an attacking situation from a build-up possession, you know, Cross would come in and just El Carby would be alone with three defenders and they'd clear the ball and then you know start all over again. Um, so, so, yeah. And to go back to what Gus said, I think the reason why we didn't have the nail-biting at the end of the game is also because... When he took El Carbi off, he didn't take El Carbi off to try and shore up the midfield or kind of lock the game in at 1 0. He, he bought El, El Arabi on to try and get a second. Right. So we were on the front foot. So even that, like, how long has it been since we did that? We score a goal and, in, and we don't sit back, but we go out there and actively try and look for the second and right. you know, be on the front foot. It's been a while. It, even since even since Diego Martinez, because remember, Diego Martinez would do that super irritating thing where we would go up by like one goal, maybe we wouldn't have a safe lead. And then all of a sudden he would bring on defensive players and with a one goal lead huddle to try and defend the lead. And that was one of the most irritating things ever. I I prefer to press the advantage uh, and and. More, more like defense by offense, if that makes sense. But Jovetic was used in the way he should have been used today, in a way that he really hasn't been used all season. And before we kind of go on with uh, the, you know, the the rest of the analysis, uh, real quick, guys, uh, almost a half hour in. Don't forget to like and subscribe. A lot of people tuning into the show today, so help us continue to grow the red and white community. You can support us on Patreon as well, and we also want to thank our newest Patreon member, Dimitris K, who has just joined the Patreon community. So thank you, and thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers. So yes, the, going back to the the issue with Jovetic, I mean, he wasn't, he's never really been used in in the method. You know, we we never played a false nine, whether it was under Diego Martinez or Carvajal. We never played one. And that's that's really where he does better. But we kept trying to use him as an out-and-out -out striker, which is what he's not. You know, this this year has all been about misusing players in different contexts, and that includes Diego Martinez as well. So I, I was just really happy to see that that today, at least, we, we, we got some of those subs right. And one thing I will point out as well, going back to the midfield discussion, Costa, is what surprised me was how open the midfield was. I talked about how Mendenibar keeps everything pretty tight, right? The lines are pretty tight. He keeps everything pretty tight because that that's how he that's how he views as a way not to get caught, get caught on the counter, get caught open. But today nothing was tight. There was nothing tight at all until the subs were made. And really the biggest thing I saw with Andre Jota was the midfield got a little bit more compact and that's what we needed. Maybe that was the fault of Alexandropoulos for, for getting out. Maybe it's because Jeze had to go wherever he was going. But it was the when Horta came in, him and Carvalho stayed a lot closer together. And that in and of itself was better for the midfield, including Jeze, because we were tighter here in the midfield instead of somebody being all the way far forward. That 4-2-4 was back. I don't know if you noticed. It was very discombobulated. But on the press a few times, 
You only had Carvalho and Heze wherever he was, and then our midfield was wide open. And that's really not how Mendy Libard usually likes to do things. So I was super surprised, but I think he got it right in the end. It's only his first game too, so he still has a lot of 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 uh, of tweaking he needs to do. And if Siledopoulos is there with him, I trust that things will develop better as they move forward. I'm not expecting miracles here, but I expect it to get a little bit better. <laughs> Hussein, first half we played a 7-2. <laughs> there were days. There were days. Uh, Gus Drax here. Yes, Adi. I was in the stadium with Gank. We scored at the first minute, and we were saved by the Basca save slash post in the last minute. That could have even changed the whole story. Yep. And by the way, guys, this Ferenc Varos team was all over Gank. They played Gank and Kukarichka in the group stage. Boat and and ran train on both of them. I don't think they lost. I don't think they they no. they lost the game in the group stage. I don't think they've no. lost the game. Period. Not in, in conference, conference league yet. So no, they, these guys are not. good. We we did Costa. Who do we talk about in, in on socials about like the danger man for Ferenc Varos, who's yeah. on an absurd streak? There's um, Varga Var and, and, and Abu Fani as and well. And Abu man. Fani. We talked about yeah. both of them. And both of those guys. I mean, Vargas almost scored two minutes in. Thank God he was offsides. And Abu Fani today was, was also a nightmare for us. Yep. Those two guys are not jokes. This team, they have like three, four guys that are pretty good players. Zakariasen on the, on the right side for them. Um, I didn't know he was a winger. I thought he was an attacking mid, but he's a pretty good player too. They they look as far as teams goes, we have better individual talent, but they have three, four guys that are no jokes. They have the leading goal scorer in Hungary on the team, the leading assister uh, on their team as well. I mean, these guys are no jokes. Vargas was is 31 goal contributions and twenty. Abifani has 15 assists this season. Um, <laughs> They're not yeah. bad. This is not a bad squad. People thought this was supposed to be a walk in the park. That is crazy. Like Varga, they picked up for 800K. Yeah, I, was reading. I, can't, I can't remember from where, but, you know. He's 29. I wouldn't mind having him on our team. Do you know what I mean? That's a player that I'd like to pick up and wouldn't be surprised, actually, if it's a player that we look at in the summer. Um typically tend to do like good scouting on players that yeah. who we've played against and definitely think he'll be one on the list the next few years hopefully doesn't end up like despodov but yeah, um but but yeah i have a, i have a feeling about that um costas lianos uh costa if you're awake buddy get on here uh costas lianos our co-host is big ups for staying up late huge win tonight if we beat balk on sunday then who knows? Costa, don't give me hope, man. Just don't give me hope. Take it game by game, as the manager says. Um, we all know how hard it is going to be in the league. But, um, you know, I'm not ruling out a positive result on the weekend. But also, just uh, just to your point, Ari, like Ferenc Varos, I thought we kept them pretty quiet, mate. Um, yeah. Besides <laughs> besides the, the goal that was disallowed, I there are a few times they look dangerous, like going forward, getting the ball into the box, and and Varga is a bloody nuisance. Um, he's got mm -hmm. good movement, gets into good positions in the box. But but overall, like I don't I don't remember a clear cut 
that's a big chance that they created. And it'll be interesting to look at the data tomorrow when that populates in terms of big scoring chances, because I can't really, I can't really recall for them, despite the, the sorry, um, apart from the goal that, that was disallowed. But, right. but at this point, I think it's worth talking about the defense yes. somewhat. And, and maybe this is a, this is an extreme question, but if you had, if you had something close uh, around uh, around eighteen million, would you would you activate that David Carmo's <laughs> release clause? Look, man. All I have to say is having him next to man. Can you imagine if we had him next to Retzos all season? How different things would be this year. I have some questions about that because I feel like they have similar traits, at least in terms of ball distribution. Um, they do. They do. I, I don't know. I don't quite know how they will click. Maybe Retos is the one stepping up more and Carmo is kind of the one cleaning up. But they seem to have a good balance today, Doi and, uh, and Carmo. And I know that even even in the chat here and some of us in our private discussions, we can be quite overly critical of, of Doi, particularly when he, he overcommits a lot. But like there was one action, there was one action in the second half in particular where he kind of stepped up um, quite high from the defense. He won the ball and he played a lovely through ball in behind the, the defense. And you just it keep I keep going back to what I what I say about him is like play him in defensive midfield, play him as a six. Uh that's his position. That's his position for me. He, he can he can do it at centre back, but I think I think there's more to him uh that we're that we're not getting by playing him that, that far back. I agree with you. I think uh I I I don't understand how nobody's tried it, especially when we still lack a six technically. I still don't understand why no one's trying him there. But, you know, if he he just has to be honestly, if Doi becomes a little bit smarter, I don't maybe not smarter. Smarter is not really the right, right word. Maybe a little bit more patient. Maybe maybe experience brings that more because really the bit the worst part of his game is his over committing or maybe committing too prematurely. And with with time with time that would come with him and he would be a much better center back. Cause it's not like he's a poor ball handler. He's not. And, and he's, he's quite, he's quite good when he's actually like getting on players. He's very aggressive. So um, yeah, anyway, but I, I, I do agree. I do agree with you there, but I still think, I still think that, that Retzos and Karma would be a, a, for the modern game. I think a, a very good combo together because you, you don't you don't have to have always one center back that's like purely the defensive guy and one that's the ball handler. It can pay to have two good ball handlers. And plus, Carmo's left footed, so two pretty good distributors with center backs. It kind of reminds me a little bit of when we had that string of games with Semedo and Usainu Ba together, and Ba wasn't bad on the ball. He could distribute it pretty good too. Uh, ba had other issues, which we all know about, but. I think I, I think the two of them. I think when Retzos is healthy, I think really in the end that's that's probably our our, be, our best duo. But that's how I see it. In uh, another note, also, did you notice how Ferenc Varos's fullbacks never got forward? Did you uh, notice was that Ramirez, was Ramirez playing left back for them? 
I, I, I was so, and you know who brought that up too? Right before the match, uh, our good friend Lakis Gavalas had brought that up, that they don't seem to get their fullbacks forward. And I really, it was funny because like in the time I spent looking at uh, Ferenc Varos and the data and, and, and I mean, they, he was, Ramirez actually was their fullback because he, but they were playing more like a three, four, three today, not like a back four, but he still didn't get super far forward. Both of them. They didn't. I, well, that's how I saw it. And when I was looking back, I was like, oh my gosh, Lucky's Gavalas is right. These guys don't really like, they're not, they don't get really as far forward as like Ortega was today or Rodine does. I mean, they were pretty measured, but it was, I just found that to be, very very interesting they really rely on on their forwards and their midfielders to do just about everything which was very interesting to me but uh, they anyway. had the they had that lithuanian on the other side uh McCraig. yeah i actually thought he was greek when i heard the the british announcer say his name it's like oh mccrakis so i was like oh mccrakis maybe is that what it's supposed to be McCrackpot. no but i don't know man like um I think in the first half, Ramirez and um, and Makretskis, they they did come forward when they were breaking. Um, but but again, like I see in the comments as well um, about about our defense being shaky, and it's true. Like I think they they were, you know, Ferenc Varos looked the better side for about sixty minutes. Oh, yes, um, like for sure in the first half, we, I said, I said it before, I, like the, the, the way I would describe us was just anarchic. Like yep. I couldn't really understand what I was seeing, uh, the first 60 minutes to the point where I was kind of doing other things during the second half as well. And then kind of switched back on when, when subs were being made. Yeah. But, but again, I think it's, I think it's perfectly normal given given our situation and just you can't you can't adapt to what the new coach wants straight away uh but but, but even still like with that anarchy we managed to keep that clean sheet and mm -hmm. it makes me think a little bit about Heze because I thought I thought like you, you know in the first half you mentioned he he was in places or spots of the pitch where he shouldn't be but that's the result that's the result of playing that way and having a midfield that where players are playing in positions where they, you know, is not their best position. Take Carvalho or take Alexandropoulos. And then you end up with a player like Hesse kind of trying to do everything. Um, exactly. So that's, that's what happens. Uh, otherwise, you know, I, I thought Hesse had a pretty good game, man. Um, like he'd get back on defense, made some important challenges, some important interceptions, like clearances from the back. Um, and and he he always offered himself as an option. Right. I'm pretty sure, like in terms of touch count, one of the highest probably in the game. He did, uh, as they did have one of the highest in the game. But that he also played the full he played the full ninety, so maybe that could have something to do with yeah. it. But he yeah. had a pretty big touch count. Uh, Costas Fortunis had a really large touch count. Um, Rodine had, had a lot of touches on the ball. Actually, <laughs> funny enough, even Ortega. Um, Ortega actually had saw a lot of the ball. I, I was happy with him today. I thought he did pretty well, even defensively. He was he was all he. I mean, he was involved in all. I mean, maybe because they were pushing down his side a lot, but he was in constant constant scrums uh, today. 
Uh, I had seen at one point on SofaScore, he had, it was like at nine defensive duels that he got into plus aerial ones, and he won the vast majority. So good on him. Not that I saw him deliver us a lot of service into the final third, but um, I, I, Ortega I like was, he wasn't, he wasn't awful. He wasn't, he wasn't awful. I still don't think he's worth the money we've paid for him yet, but still, I, I wasn't upset with him today. Me, me too. Um, it's always a comparison with what you've seen before, right? And I have to say, more than more than halfway into the season, attacking wise, I can't really think. I think he maybe has one or two assists. Two. But but, but sometimes, sometimes I think Oleg going forward was better in terms of his deliver, like his delivery into the box. Yeah, um, I'm disappointed he, so far. Me too. Like attack attack wise. As I said before, I think for me, Heze and Ortega are players that I will judge more in in the in in second season. Of course, after a proper preseason with the team, but but yeah, he, he does leave me with um, what's it called? Like I expect more. I expect more for for a player with that with that sort of hype. But yeah, there's there's one thing I did think about when Mendeleeva came in, and and that's you know, improving Ortega and uh, and Hesse because I think w if anyone saw the interview with uh, Panos Kostopoulos, he emphasized communication. Um, Mendeliba doesn't speak English. Nope. Um, I think he can have a good influence on those Argentinian players. Um, he worked with, was it Marcos Acuna at Sevilla? He's a player mm -hmm. that was at Sporting before and was more of an attacking player, like a, a wide left midfielder. And he, you know, in let's say as his career progressed, he turned into a left back and really kind of came through under Mendelibar more and more. And I'm hoping that the same similar happens for for Ortega under Mendelibar. So that's something that I'm I'm expecting. I'm expecting him to improve um, the rest of the season. Yeah, especially if like we're if we're comparing, um, if we're comparing Ortega to like to Rodine, right? And and what we get out of the right side of the field, Rodine is much better, much more of a package in terms of both offense and defense than than he is right now. And we paid nothing for Rodine, so yeah. <laughs> but that's we paid for Ramon Adi, and that's my entrance. <laughs> <laughs> How are we doing, everyone? Doing well? Listen, I will. I, I will say one thing. I'll, I'll say one thing. In ten thousand and five hundred minutes that Oleg played, three goals, ten assists. So Ortega's got plenty of time to catch up. If that's the bar that we're we're looking at here offensively, but anyway, that's besides the point. That's what I heard the name Ramon in the chat and in the. Uh... In the video and it was like my batman light and i felt like i had to make <laughs> make it on the podcast tonight oh man but i agree with you guys on ortega i'm a bit disappointed i'm you know i'm a big oleg guy always always have been. you say that now but you i'm joking i'm joking you trashed that man last year <laughs> Oh man, but can I be honest about the game today? Um, there was a point there where I was like, when the midfield was completely open from like 
maybe like 45 to 60 or 65 before he made the subs. I was like, holy shit, this guy is like Carlos Carvajal 2.0. I couldn't <laughs> believe my eyes. I was like, Joao Carvalho is currently playing the six. Alexandropoulos is like a chicken with no head. I couldn't believe my eyes. Adi can't control himself with laughter, but... <laughs> Um, I was, I was a bit, <laughs> I can't, I can't take myself seriously. If the, the, uh, audio listeners can he- see Adi's face right now. <laughs> I can't, you bring it, you bring, you bring it out of the, uh, everyone. I didn't it's, do anything. It's just you, man. I, just, <laughs> the chat I was so it. happy that I pulled my hat out of my little closet back here. I was so excited. I thought I had to get on. But seriously, were you guys not worried when you were watching that and you were like, holy shit, like we have no sit. It was weirdly open. The whole game was weirdly open. Like the midfields, like both teams' midfields were not good. The subs changed the game, man. Like we talked about it. Like the midfield from the first minute to the 60th minute, like I said, it was anarchic. Like the shape of the team and the midfield was a black hole. The players didn't know what the spaces to occupy. They were kind of doubling up in the same place. The ball was getting cut through the midfield, but then our defenders were stepping up and kind of intervening before anything turned 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 uh, sorry dangerous. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, the the subs changed the game. Even if it was like you know, Orta had more positive contribution when he came on. Um, and and the manager with his changes, he he won the game. Stankovic admitted that when he was asked on uh on tv like you know it was funny he said in 1994 when um when mendeliba was was you know managing he was starting his career as a football player <laughs> the guy has experience man yeah yeah and when Here's, you look at his cv the... that con- that's that experience comes comes by lambro to your earlier point about like every oh my god like Scott, thank you for the donation, buddy. Lambro <laughs> oh my for God. president. How did you do that? <laughs> I have no idea what. <laughs> Is that like a new thing if you go thumbs up? For the audio listeners, okay. Lambro just had fireworks go off when it said <laughs> Lambro for president. I wish I knew how he did that. That was amazing. Is it because you're on uh, iPads? Like, do this? No, again. I'm on. I'm on my computer. It okay. was just a once in a generation moment. Like, for us, like AI is taking over on Gate Seven International, like <laughs> lighting up fireworks for Labra. But Star- guy, stars and stripes and everything coming next. Yeah, <laughs> but we here. I want to read the the tweet that we had made coming to the 60th minute, Lambro. To your point, it said approaching 60 minutes, and it feels like we're going to concede something stupid. <laughs> that's that's how that's how I felt. Because I felt it was really cagey at that point, too. But the subs changed everything. And it was a fantastic, fantastic change from what we've seen, at yeah. least at least normally. But I was texting with Martial during the game. And we were talking about how this manager, you know, when you look at his CV, like other than what happened at Sevilla, it's not the most exciting. But one thing is clear, like the guy knows how to manage and knock out football games like what gave it to me was when we took the one nil and we didn't bring any bora and set up shop you know he's like let's go for it like this is our opportunity diego martinez would have set up shop carlos carvajal would have like ran home before a final (laughs) whistle so it was just like 
it was like, holy shit, this guy gets it. Like you're playing the home game first. You need to get another yep. goal. And it was good to see also Jovetic. I don't know if you read his post-game comments, but he talked about Jovetic playing almost deeper as a 10. And I think that's his role at this point in his career. He looks really good there um, distributing the ball. So, yeah. Yeah. No, he did. It's uh, it's really it's really nice to have two shows in a row where we're like kind of up up upbeat, uplifted. There's no rants needed. We're all happy. Some good stuff here. We're actually talking about the game, not about not about the uh, the crazy situation we have. Oh, so the the guy that's rolling his face on his keyboard doesn't know the origin of the rum. I don't even remember what the origin is. I think it's because you used to joke around about him so much. I, that, I think that, there was, that everyone just associated him with you. There was one show where I basically called him like a fake footballer or something. Said he's just like has no talent and is horrific. And then people, it was a bit of yeah. a rant with Cosas Lianos. And then, yeah. And then I posted that graphic. Oh, yeah. At Nalu. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I need to find that. I need to find that. Hang on. Oh, that's. Keep going while I look for that. I but, I've seen a couple comments about Chiquinho, by the way. Um, people were asking about Chiquinho, why he didn't play, what happened to him. Fantastic mm-hmm. game. And oh here, okay, here you go. Look at my eyes, DC. A very, very old follow of ours. Welcome back, buddy. Glad you're still here. What happened with Chiquinho? He had a fantastic game, and now all of a sudden he gets zero minutes. This is like the 12th comment about Chiquinho like that. So I can only assume that. I don't know. I don't want to say he's getting rested because half the other guys played against Ofi. I didn't see him get injured. I didn't see anything about him being injured. So I I couldn't tell you why he didn't play. I there. think he had a little knock against Ofi. I think he did have a little knock, but it was innocuous. Maybe they were looking after him. Maybe because we need him against Balk. Who knows? It's, uh, yeah, I, I expect that he will be involved in some way, shape, or form for the Balk game because right now he's one of the brighter spots in the midfield. Do you think it's a the match not being delayed? It is a, could it also be a good thing for us? You know, I, uh, in a way, I, th- I think so, personally. It, it's, it's playing with fire, but I also think yeah. Pauk is – Maybe not in a good moment right now. They're going to be a bit distracted with the cup. They lost a exactly. one of the nine course. And then who was sent off? Tyson was sent off. Is that applied yes. in the league? I believe no, it all not is it not? Just the cup. Are we sure? But then again, then again, like stuff. he's not Greece playing. You pick stuff. Yeah, like, there you go. He's not playing. That's what I thought. Playing. The yeah, Greek league is weird. Like the cup and league kind of like go because there's so few make... cup games. Yeah, Greece doesn't make any sense. I swear, but. but... You could pick, right? Yellow card suspensions too. Like, can't we pick the match? Like, if somebody gets a suspension for yellow cards, you can like pick, like, which do- also doesn't make sense, but whatever. They did this in the past. But yeah, so someone commented it also applies to league. So yeah, that's crazy. Um, I don't know. I wasn't really impressed with Pauk watching the game, the cup game with Panathinaikos. Yep. So, I, and then I, even I, the derby, the knows? derby before against Ike too, like. Well, I mean, like in in the beginning, I thought Ike was better, and then may, and then Bach better towards the end. But maybe this form is starting to, you know, you can only stay up so high for so long. So maybe it's a good time. 
they're much thinner think, as a team. I, I I also think in general it's um it's good to keep momentum. Like probably like having another game is good for us going into Thursday. Even like I I don't believe so much this bullshit about like our oh, more rest and and whatever. Like yeah. we've talked about that so many times in the past where we're like oh we're rested going into this game and they'll have more energy. Like you know, it's just shit. So I think that's rubbish, man. Like they have the game on Sunday. Okay, they they you know they'll rest. Um, they'll rest tomorrow, and then on Saturday they'll travel. They'll train there. They'll watch video. They'll watch tape ahead of the game. They'll do the same on Sunday. They'll go and play the game. Like they need to play games now. They need to start like adapting to the coach's philosophy. For me, it's good that they have another game on Sunday. Um, and then you know, then they travel back to to, to Athens, rest, train, tape, fly to Hungary, play the game. Like they need to be in match mode. They need to be in like war mode. That's what it is yeah. now. They don't. I don't. I think they don't need time to think or rest. Like these guys need to play games. Seriously, and if you look at the schedule, if they get through this week. Like, this is the big week. You get through Pauk and the away leg. And then you have Asteras, Panatolikos, and Volos. So it's like, you get through this week unscathed, and then you have the three momentum getters going into the playoffs. So it's like, yeah. And then you have the international break, I believe, the March international break. So, Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. It's kind of like a hell week. And then three games mm -hmm. of momentum to tinker around. So it's, you know, it's uh, these five games are like the season essentially, right? So yeah, um, the yeah, we'll see. I'm still worried about the midfield. I don't know about you. Like I couldn't believe my eyes when I was watching the game. I was like, I I couldn't believe that Heze was all over the place and Carvalho was trying to play six and then. Alexandropoulos was everywhere. I just, I'm really worried about that because that's an issue that we've had all year, in my opinion. So, I first don't know. game, first game coaching. Maybe you just trying something. I hope he learned the lesson because he sure made the substitution like he knew it was wrong. Like he he sure made the fixes that made it a little bit tighter. But I hope I hope that's the case at least because yeah, I'd be worried. We definitely have better a better option and a better setup than that weird 4-3-3. But did the you see he was like, it was a 4-2-3-1? That's like what he's... he said. Yeah. I, I didn't see it. Like, I saw no shape on the pitch at moments. Like, there was just... No, it was chaos. Absolute it was complete chaos. and utter chaos. There it is. Lamarona's <laughs> <laughs> best friend coming back this summer. No head tattoo, though. No head tattoo. Not like Kennedy. That's okay. But seriously, I, you know, the, the guy won. Like clearly, he knows how to win in Europe. I think the club yeah. has has put all the chips into Conference League, and like this guy knows how to win your European games, and that's what he did. Like we we've seen this team lose to a lot of shitty teams in Europe recently, and yep, you know. So, I don't know. Like this isn't actually. This isn't a shitty oh, team that we're playing. This isn't no. a shitty team, yeah. but it's a team that normally yeah. we would send packing. Like a proper Olympiacos yeah. team would send this team packing. Uh, but that that's no disrespect 
to them like i think there are decent more than decent sides um costa delias isn't playing on the weekend i didn't that, read that but... i i'm not sure uh i know tyson is suspended we said that but if delias yeah. is out that's good too very interesting question guys the so after this week, are there any more derbies the rest of the season? I know Bonathinaikos has to play Adis one more time, but is that like the only derby um, that, I mean, if you count that as a derby, but is that like the only like major match between the top five sides going on the rest of the season? I'm looking now. Give me a second. So I'm just trying to think like. Before the playoffs, I don't think there are any. Yeah. Any so more. like we really, we really then have to make those count because I don't see. Like anybody else dropping points unless Adis can do us a favor against Bonathin Icos. Oh, uh, and Ike too. Jorgos Murzano says they play against Ike too. So unless I Adis can do us a favor against Ike and Bonathin Icos, you know, we really we really need to get the points there just to stay level. Honestly, guys, it's so up and down. I'm just looking one day at a time, one game at a time at this yeah, point as well. I mean, you have to. Like it's survival, like almost every match feels like a final until we get to those, yeah, to the playoffs. I don't, if we drop points, I guess the one game you can drop points is against Pauk. But like, if you drop points with Pauk, I think that's your, I think the title's gone, honestly. But like, if the club is holding out hope for the title, I think it's, you need to win away against Pauk. But, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I'm I'm with you there 100. percent I I don't I think if we if we if we drop all points and we don't get anything out of this match, I think it's I think it's pretty much done. The cake is cooked, as they say. Yeah, I mean, unless unless Mendilibar really does a turnaround here, but I still don't see how this team wins more derbies in the playoffs than it loses. I just don't see it, even even with this. So I mean, if he if he turns things around all of a sudden we're high flying then maybe i'll change my mind but i still don't see how this squad beats ike as they are right now like bonathin Icos is like as much as i make fun of them with tareem and as much as i think they're not playing as good football as they did under jovanovic they're getting results one way or another whether it's the olympic diving team that they have on their roster whether it's just eking out results here and there it doesn't matter that's I I don't see how we come unscathed out of this playoff. I don't personally. I, it's too early to tell. I also think like after watching today, I'm no more confident of any other scenario. I'm not like we're gonna make it through in Europe. We're gonna come back. It's all gonna turn to shit. Honestly, today didn't really show me anything. I other than that midfield, I just like was like. I couldn't believe the football I was watching. I hadn't seen a game that open in years where it was just like players just walk through the midfield. Like Fortuny sometimes carried the ball and was just going through. It was like I, I hadn't seen anything like that in years, I want to say. It's been because Greek football is always so compact, you know, when you're watching yeah. league games. And then you watch that and you're like, holy shit. I couldn't believe it. But anyway. I'll do a chart for. I'm really curious to see the chart for match tempo and and pass per possession because it was like non-existent in in the first half. So I'm really curious to see that. Yeah, but I didn't mind the the directness. Like, and we talked about this in our private chat. But like, 
just like sending the ball up sometimes into into the, the the opposition's defense and trying to like win a scrappy header and then a second ball to put pressure on the on on the opponents yeah. like you yeah. need to do that like you can't just be one dimensional and depend on build up from the back all the time and get the ball forward pass it back recycle like sometimes like i don't have a problem with that like there's this perception going around that in general like playing direct football is unattractive or kind of ineffective or or whatever in that like possession based football is synonymous with good football i don't agree with that and i'm all for i'm sometimes sometimes you've got to play direct and that's how you that's how you put pressure on on the other team as well and this is a team that we can put pressure on it's like you ask me how do i feel about the next game and am i confident one thing I can say is that if we put the right players on the pitch in the right positions and we put our like our most talented attackers up front, like we will we will score. In the next game in Hungary, we will score. They have to come out at us, get a goal, and that's gonna leave space in behind. Oh, yeah. And you just look at Pedence today. And Fortunis in the right positions with a bit more efficiency. Masuras as well, who came off early. Like we're we're gonna score. We're gonna. Can you score. believe? Could you guys? One last thing I didn't mention. Could you believe some of the corner routines we saw from the club today? No. Like I, I, there was like three players. None of them attacked the six-yard box. Three players in the box total. Three or four. None of them attacked the six-yard box. And it, I was just like. Did they practice this? There was like three players in the box attacking the ball, and one of them was like Pedence. And it was shocking to me the corner routines. Like we talked about Marinakis caring so much about free kicks and corners and set pieces. And then you watched the um the corners we took today, and it was just awful. Almost all game. It was remark that was shocking to me. Just you know, when you saw it. Like I counted the players in the box. There's three players. We have three players in the box. None of them went close to the six-yard box. And it was like, surely you didn't train that. Like maybe they didn't have enough time to train the, the set pieces. I have probably not. I have no idea because I'd never seen anything like that as well. So let's see. Should we move on to man of the match? Coach's grade. Wrap this up going on an hour. Let's do it. Man of the match, coach's grade. You still have uh, about a minute to go ahead and cast your vote. We do have a poll up. Uh, plenty of people seem to have voted, but who wants to get started with their man of the match coaches grade first? Costa with a C. Alphabetically, you can go first. Rodine, actually, I man of the match for me. But <laughs> we we didn't we didn't talk much about him today. But for me, Rodine is my man of the match. I thought he was um, consistent throughout the game in terms of his uh, attacking threat down the right. His um, willingness to to take the ball forward, dribble past defenders and and just create overloads on the right wing. It was a constant source of threat. And just in the first half, especially when we didn't really have ideas or any shape or any seemed to have any kind of plan, he was just a constant thorn in their side. I thought defensively he did pretty well as well. Um, I thought he dominated against the man that he had on his side, Marquinhos, I think, and Ramirez. So, yeah, top draw, got the assist for the goal. What more do you want? I think for me... For me, clear uh, Rodney man of the match and coach. 
uh, give him a B plus because we won the game, kept a clean sheet, uh, and while I thought his his choices in the starting lineup were poor, I thought he fixed it in the second half and his in-game management is in general something that we've been missing so much and and also like the difference for me between just a regular b and the b plus is just the the positivity at the end in trying to look for the second goal and not you know trying to just sit back and keep the one nil that's not what we're about and i really appreciated that as well so i'm uh maybe a little bit more positive than i should be but i give him a b plus anyway Lambra. Yeah, I'm going to give him a B as like instead because the subs didn't come off. Like at halftime, you could tell the situation needed changing and he stuck through it for 15 minutes. And I was just at some point I was pulling my hair out. Like, what are we doing here? So I'll give him a, a B. And my man of the match I really struggled with because Rodine had so many bad crosses today. But finally, he had the one good one, the assist. So it's like. That really was his goal. The cross was so good and the defending was so bad. Um, it's like tough, but I guess I will give it to him as well. I voted on the poll for him as well. So, yeah. I thought Doi was great today as well. Deserves a shout. Anyway. I'm sure he'd be happy that you finally said something positive about him too. First time for everything, right? This season. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> um, I think at and Rodine, I think, uh led the team in crosses today. Him and, and Fortunis uh both did. I'm not sure if Costa connected any crosses today. I don't remember if he did, but um he had a lot of them at least. Anyway, uh I, I'm in agreement too. I'm gonna go with uh Rodine as well for my man of the match. Um I don't have anything else really to add besides you guys. Something we've seen before from him, even really bad games. He's usually one of our always an impetus forward for us. So great match again from him. Um, shouts. Uh, Lambrari said, Doi. Uh, I'll, I'll give a shout to, to Cosas Fortunis as well. Um, I, I, in the beginning of the game, when things were really bad, he was really our primary service into the final third, even though I did think he could have done more for us, but that's, it is what it is. Happy that Podence finally came back and looked like he wanted to do something today. He looked like a different sauce today. Maybe he's healthy finally. I don't know, but he was like, I mean, I was really, I was happy with his pace, happy with, with him actually going at people, not making stupid decisions. So little shout there, not man of the match shout, but shout. And I'm also in agreement with the B the the starting the starting lineup and tactics was just too tragic for me to be able to give him more positive than a B because he made great substitutions and we got the win um i think that's why he gets a B otherwise it's worse but i, I think that's still a good grade overall as a B and looking at the chat looking at the the poll that was done chat looks like overwhelmingly for Rodine 65% of the vote went to Rodine for man of the match Heze got 17%, El Kabi 8%, and Costas Fortunis got 9%. So we are in alignment with the chat. Boys and girls, we are over an hour in. I have one Any question, other... Adi. Go ahead. Lambert. I have one. Did Carvazio play against Ofi? I'm struggling to remember. Uh, he, he may have he didn't. On. No, Did he not he play at all? Also, three different managers have now played Carvalho. 
what does that say about him as a player? And, you know, I swear to God, somebody I, told us he trained very well. I, I swear one of the journalists we spoke to said he trains very well. Yeah. I remember hearing that as well. I, I think it might've been over the summer, but I swear that's what we heard because, and, and to be fair, remember in preseason over the summer, he looked pretty good. It's one of those players that when, when there's no pressure, like he can, he's pretty free, but I don't think mentally it's not made for this club. That's probably, that's probably, it's, it's, he's a preseason but, hero. It, it, it's a pattern though. Like all yeah. players see, uh, sorry, all coaches seem to see something in him and then it kind of ends up with him getting less playing time and eventually not playing. Yeah. What it is. And these were the anyway. same complaints they had at Forest before he came to us. Like the exact same, same types of complaints. Decent games here and there, but he was playing more as a 10 when they saw him versus us. He's playing a lot deeper, but anyway, it is what it is. Uh, anybody have anything else before we go ahead and close up here? No, I'm just nothing to expect this weekend. No expectations of anything. We could win. <laughs> we could lose by three goals. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know about you guys, but. Leaving I'm... it on a positive note, boys and girls. Yeah. Fuck's and... sake, Labra. You can tr trust Labra to kind of end it on a negative note. <laughs> what? You guys, you guys expect like, we're going to give it to them. Like we could lose three nil or we could like win one nil. Uh, 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 do you know what like uh, one thing i am happy about and i think we we said it today is that i feel like we have a proper manager on the bench me too that's nice exactly it does feel like that at least with the substitution so uh, Guys, I'm, not, I'm not like I'm, I'm not saying it's like super attractive but but, but that's not what we're doesn't looking matter for right we're now. looking for results exactly we don't care. We, don't we, care. we we, we want results and someone somebody to inspire the players Look, guys, you don't you don't get to see the positive Lambro after he's had his Fredo Cappuccino, Poligrico, lots of lots no. of zacchari in it, lots of sugar. Skeptos. And uh <laughs> he doesn't take sugar. I don't take sugar in my Fredo Cappuccino at he's, all. He's he's sweet enough. <laughs> I only take sugar in Fredo Espresso because it's too much for me. But anyway. You have to drink it black, man. That's the only way you get the flavor. Otherwise, it's just sugar. I get the flavor of the sugar, Adi. Close us out. I'm not taking this conversation right now. <laughs> if you want more of this, if you want more of this, please do sign up to our Patreon. This is every day in the Patreon chat, except it's not just me. Marcial also gets on Lombro about his Freddo Cappuccino taste. Anyway, thank you everyone for tuning in. This is Gate 7 International by the fans for the fans. Fun stuff coming up. We'll be here after the ball game. Merch is coming. The samples are coming. So we'll be able to have something that's like lifelike next week you'll be able to see it store will be live everything will be live we're really pumped about it so look out for that and then we'll see you guys sunday after the bout game take it easy